0: This podcast is brought to you by Liberate My OCD Fighter, an OCD awareness and mental health initiative started by Ms. Kajal Gupta, based out of her personal experience with obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. At Liberated Voices, we the youth come together to have dynamic conversations around mental health and also serve as a platform for the youth experiencing mental disorders to come forth and talk about their personal experiences, out of which I'm sure all of us learn a lot from. And we're back with a fresh new episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi everyone. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. Uh, I'm Shrutapa and I'm going to be hosting today's podcast and we actually have an amazing, amazing guest speaker for you. Um, Katie, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi everyone. My name is Katie and I have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder a few years ago and some of my experiences and uh, the general situation that goes about with experiencing OCD and how the treatment happens and
0: that your professionals can take yeah uh, and Katie has been kind enough to you know come over here and share her personal story with us Um, that's like really really kind of you and um, yeah so today's I think today's podcast is going to like emphasize a lot on how the prognosis of OCD can look like and what can be the different courses of action which your professional can take for treating OCD Right. So, uh, Katie, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about your diagnosis? How did you feel about it and more?
1: So, um, I was diagnosed in 2018 when I was going through a very tough patch in my life. And uh, it did not come as a shock to me. However, uh, I did take it with a pinch of salt. But uh, I learned Mm -hmm. to work my way around it and understand it. how, How... OCD is, and to figure out how to live with it. That's what my Mm -hmm. parents and my psychiatrist—they all help me with it.
0: Right, and and uh, you mentioned like you took it with a pinch of salt. Like, why would why was that?
1: Fear, fear of how the society is going to perceive you after the diagnosis. Fear of how you're going to live after the diagnosis, and what are the possible outcomes of having a diagnosis. So all these all come together and it basically a whole experience that's going to be the journey forward so obviously in the beginning there is something that exists
0: Mm -hmm. and I think think on the flip side of the coin there is a lot of like some people like report feeling relief when they get their diagnosis that they finally have an answer or like you know kind of a label or a category to identify with because like they finally have something which validates their experience like i've heard this kind of a notion around getting a diagnosis as well
1: if, if there's a name to your problem that means that there can be a solution to it as well hmm. so that's that's kind of a perspective that many people hold so yeah there can be a sense of relief as well with the diagnosis Right. Because before the diagnosis, there's a lot of muffled confusion that goes around.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: I think it can offer a lot of
0: clarity. As well. Right. And um, like, would you like to talk about how the diagnosis impacted other areas of your life, such as like your relationship with your family? And given, you know, how like stigmatized all of this is in India, did you feel like people around you started viewing you in a different light after you got your diagnosis?
1: Um, honestly, I wasn't shared with a lot of people, so mm-hmm. I never really got to experience that and my family and friends were uh, pretty much, um, they were aware about the situation and non judgment. So, but right. yeah, there is, there is the stigma of the society and all, which I don't think I really struggled with because I was privileged enough to have a treatment, to have my support and also I didn't have to go through the stigma part but there is there is another aspect to it there is your own internalized stigma that you have to face Hmm. and that can become in in your treatment in your prognosis basically
0: that's interesting like would you like to elaborate a little bit about the internalized stigma
1: how uh, internalized stigma can be how the society is going to perceive you and your own thoughts about a disorder, how mm. you're going to live with it, and the fears and all the opinions and beliefs that you don't necessarily have, but the society has ingrained in you about mm. a certain disorder. So I think I think that can be a very important factor.
0: Yeah, like it's the assumption, it's the assumption of the hurdles that you'll face because of society, even if you've not faced the situation yourself, this assumption is there, which kind of really, really um, triggers a lot of fear.
1: I think you're absolutely right.
0: Mm. okay and um, yeah what else like would you like to talk a little bit about how did treatment look like for you like you said I mean you know you've been privileged enough to have access to all of that and we know that like in India given the lack of awareness and access to resources a lot of people feel either intimidated by treatment like they don't know how to proceed or they're not sure whether that, that will work or not because mental health care is such a foreign concept to India I think still so how did your journey look like?
1: So um, I got I I'm I'm personally a enthusiast in the field of psychology and mental health myself. So mm. when I knew that something wasn't going right with my own self, I contacted with the people who would know better, like my professors, and I got to get in touch with mental health professionals. So I took treatment in a in a private facility. Uh, I was uh, I was taking medications at. the once a week and it really helped me and yeah there have been relapses sometimes it's always been like recovery has always happened for me after every relapse so yeah right. it's been a struggle but treatment uh, treatment has shown a lot of improvement and betterment over the
0: course of time right And, like, what was, um, like, specifically, if you'd like to share, what was your prognosis, the one that your professional gave you?
1: I don't really have a prognosis at the moment, but uh, my current uh, overall uh, situation has been that it's been much, uh, much better, much improved. And each time I do have uh, a certain kind of breakdown or, some extreme emotions or some kind of a emotional upheaval related time the strength of it has reduced so Mm -hmm. i'm and it's mostly because through therapy and medication mostly through therapy to be honest because medication Mm -hmm. i'm taking at a very low dose so mostly through therapy i have learned to tackle my thoughts and learn overcome them and deal with them and live with
0: yeah Um, what kind of therapy did you take like as far as I'm aware um, I think cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the most evidence based therapy for OCD exactly Uh, it is and that is what I
1: took cognitive behavioral therapy and how it works is it helps to um, kind of and alter the form patterns that we hold and uh, alleviate all those uh, unhealthy behavioral patterns as well that we manifest mm. so yeah
0: like how does it do that though like how does it help you deal with those thoughts better did you get some sort of activities or like what how were you thaw- like taught to deal with them
1: um I will start to deal with them by noting down my thoughts, time, mm-hmm. and counteracting with them, arguing with them, try to rationalize, and understand where my, where it is my mind talking and where it is my own. Mm. So that's that's a very deep insight into how CBT can help.
0: Right. I think like in OCD I mean we know that the obsessions they are usually like very irrational in nature but of course like the anxiety that provoke like that it provokes seems it is very real and like that is why people tend to believe that whatever obsessions that they're having they are in fact real and the danger that they pose is like in fact like very real but we know that it is not like how how did you like kind of make that shift that you know okay i mean even though this feels so real and this gives me so much of anxiety but i have to really convince myself that this is irrational like how do you go from, from go from a to b
1: that's an extremely it looks different for everybody and yeah it's like it's OCD, how it all about conviction how much it convinces you to believe in something and it's about fighting that conviction really
0: about that right that's that's very interesting and i i remember like i think somebody mentioned that i mean the audacity of um those those irrational thoughts is really something which um uh, you know needs to be battled and uh so would you like to say like how did I mean, what would you like to tell people about therapy? Because I think in India, there's this huge notion that therapy is just like talking um, to the professional because people kind of like, you know, I think mix therapeutic with therapy. And, you know, there's this whole trope going around that my best friend's my therapist. Um, so, you know, you personally having experience with how therapy looks like, um, how how would you like to like bring about that distinction?
1: So, um, is a very complicated process and I have explained how it basically works and it's the most common form of therapy out there so mm-hmm. therapy it's uh, its an in-depth and, and it doesn't bring change overnight, there has to be a lot of efforts from both sides mm-hmm. and how my, my therapist used to make this joke like how many how many psychologists does it take for someone to turn on a, a bulb a light bulb right mm-hmm. the truth is the bulb has got to want to turn on mm-hmm. okay so that's the thing unless and until the person themselves wants to change then only then change can happen really so, mm-hmm. not just talking it's it's a lot more than that. It's a complicated scientific process that that unravels such aspects of you that talking can never do that. And as far as saying something is therapeutic is concerned, I think this is um, this is a very miscon- misconceived notion out there that anything that gives you any kind of aesthetic pleasure is therapeutic. Mm. whereas therapy is not that so when we equate these two we are we are kind of giving out misinformation so I think that is something that needs to be tackled
0: right I think especially with the rise of pop culture talking more about mental health and psychology in general (coughs) um, I mean you being from a psychology background also like must be you know exposed to this sort of media which really confuses these two and kind of trivializes actual like standardized treatments which are in place for these um you know like mental disorders so um yeah i mean thank you for making that distinction and like I I also think that there are a huge number of people who, um, especially in India, simply because of the lack of awareness and stigma, um, people very, like, like hesitate a lot to, you know, like, go for therapy. And uh, I mean, given the, obviously, the inaccessibility, like, leaving that aside, um, people, I think, really get intimidated by kind of, like, opening up to a therapist. And also, like, OCD being a peculiar disorder in the sense that, you know, like, it's, it's, it's um, hard to kind of really explain your obsessions to somebody and um, like how would you kind of like kind of encourage someone to try out treatment no matter how like irrational or how weird um, a person might think their obsessions are and like if you're comfortable would you like to share the theme of your obsessions
1: okay I won't be sharing any of my themes out here okay but, okay um, no problem as far as um Therapy is concerned. This is something my psychiatrist would say, and this helped me overcome my own stigma. Like, Mm -hmm. um, there is no hesitation when it comes to physical health. When when you need to go to your dentist, or somebody has cancer and they need to take treatment for that, there is barely any stigma surrounding those kind of topics. However, when it comes to mental health, we just have these. Preconceived notions about how these people are crazy, how uh, other derogatory terms related to mm. uh, people suffering from mental mental illness, and that is, I think, uh, where the stigma comes from the lack of the lack of awareness. And that is, I think, the core issue why people. do mm-hmm. That whole misunderstanding
0: take right makes sense so i think it's just like you know um like ed- psychoeducation and kind of letting people know that therapy is more than just like talking to your friend uh it's different than therapeutic and it can actually really really benefit um you if you kind of like try to give it a shot but the efforts have to come from both sides did i get that right absolutely okay great um is there anything else that you'd like to share with us
1: i think i've concluded a lot of my points
0: (laughs) okay then uh i think it was really great uh having a talk with you katie and um thank you yeah thank you for um coming up here and sharing your story with us
1: thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure
0: thank you bye bye
1: bye